This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now Ireland's great odyssey in the Rugby World Cup has ended. It ended on Saturday night when we lost by four points to the All Blacks. It was a wonderful journey and excited us all. But on the night, despite a heroic effort, we didn't get the job done. It was the last game in the illustrious career of Johnny Sexton, uh, the Irish captain, and also Keith Earls has announced his retirement and maybe there will be others. But this rugby team over the last number of years, two years in particular, as Matt Williams pointed out on Virgin Media's coverage, they beat New Zealand in the series only in New Zealand, only the third time that had been done. They've won Grand Slams and uh, done everything. But sadly, they met and the Zealand team had its best. And we're joined now by Matt Williams. Matt, of course, part of the Virgin Media panel, which has done so well in analysing what we've been seeing, giving it time and coherence. And he's been joined along with Rob Kearney and Shane Hogan in this World Cup. And just while I'm on that subject, I have been critical of Ortiz's uh, coverage of it, but I must make an exception and I really need to because Donald Lennon is peerless uh, and Hugh Cahill, the commentator, and Donald Lennon, the co-commentator, have been superb uh, throughout the tournament and it's important to say that. Matt, a terrible disappointment. You did say to us when we were previewing this game on Friday that our fate would be decided by our ability around the rock and loose ball and loose play and you approved right there were mistakes, unforced errors, notably Ken and Doris when he had a knock-on at a key, key moment. But New Zealand were put to the pin of their collar, and I thought it was a, a, an amazingly gallant performance by the Irish team. But then I don't know the intricacies of the game the way you do. What was your take? I'm a pleasure to join you as always. Uh, yeah, gallant, brave, um, so much we should be and must be proud of about this Irish team. Um, they were down and out three or four times in the match and somehow found a way to get back in. So their courage 
determination and skill uh, can't just can't be questioned. Um, it's the this World Cup putting the draw of this World Cup, rather putting those sides together in the yes. quarterfinal, is the is the real difficulty. I mean, yes. the, the, both those games, Ireland, New Zealand, and South Africa, France, they should have been the semi-finals, yes. and they were tense and brilliant. And they both had something in common, Eamon, and the teams that lost Ireland and France let in very soft points. Yes. The points they scored, they had to fight and work for, but they let in very, very soft points. Yes. And you just, you know, in any sport, we said defence is, the other day when we were talking, we said yes. defence is the key, defence wins championships. And when you're letting in those soft points, especially the one where there was a line out, it was simply a pass to Richie Monger, a, ten, a nine to ten, one pass, and he went straight through. Yep. Um, and, and put, uh, put, uh, Will Jordan in for the try. That was the killer for me. Yeah. That was to make it 13 nil, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was just, you just can't give a team like New Zealand such soft, soft points. And they did time and time again. Um, and they came back, but the the margins are so fine at this end of elite sport. Uh, Geordie Barrett, the the New Zealand oh, yeah. number twelve, got his hand under the ball. So the difference between victory and defeat is the width of Geordie Barrett's hand. Yes, he did an incredible job to stop that. Yes, I thought it was a try. We all thought it was a try, and we saw the replay, and you just sunk because that was the game. Yes. There, right there. And then, uh, as you said, Kayla Doris, who's been magnificent for Ireland, made a, a, a 101 error, dropped that next restart from that from that particular play, and Ireland really never got back into it. As much as they tried and how hard they tried in that final few moments where they strung together, you know, 30-odd phases trying to break New Zealand down. But New Zealand's defence was absolutely incredible, absolutely yeah. Outstanding defense that, that won them the game. There it is. We said it again. Defense wins games. Yes. And, you know, for Ireland, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this quarterfinal hoodoo. I think most of it is nonsense. I think it's all nonsense, actually. Um, it's a match. There's nothing mysterious or mystical about it. Uh, they lost the match. And for Johnny Sexton, it's the end, the last match of his career. It was particularly sad. To see him at the end with his young son, Luca, and he was clearly anguished. And this is a great sportsman, a great man, really, with enormous leadership qualities, but also uh, a great talent and a great instinct for where the game is at at any given moment. He'll be hard to replace. He'll be impossible to replace, really, won't he? Yeah. I mean, great players just cannot be replaced. No. Um, a true great like O'Driscoll and uh, Paul O'Connell and Ireland have been incredibly blessed that you had a great like Ronan O'Gara and Sexton's career overlap. Yes. Um, it's just unheard of. Like uh, Australia had a string of great number 10s and that we haven't had a great 10 in 23 years. Yes. So really since the retirement of Stephen Larkin. So they, they certainly don't grow on trees. And someone like Sexton is a once, you know, possibly a once in a lifetime player like O'Driscoll and O'Connell and, and O'Gara. So we've got some young, good young players coming through, but certainly none of them 
are suggesting at this stage of, of their career they're going to be like uh, Sexton, which, which of, of course is impossible because he's the best player and he's still the best 10 in the world, although Richie Moonga may have reclaimed that on the weekend. But it, it, it was very hard to watch. The whole, the whole situation was hard to watch because it does perpetuate this myth, and I totally agree with you, Amy, this myth about quarterfinals. It's got nothing to do with it, nothing in my opinion. As, as if, as if the performance of the Irish team in two thousand and seven or two thousand and fifteen have anything to do with the performance of an Irish team in twenty twenty three, or the performance of the Irish team coming up in and the next World Cup in Australia in twenty twenty seven. I mean, it's, it just doesn't hold any 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 water. The thing with this Irish team was they were brilliantly prepared. They had. Um, Done, ticked all the boxes on the way through the um, tournament and the years prior to the tournament. They were playing an outstanding style of rugby, and it just comes down to the day, to that yes. that particular eighty minutes. And as we said, the width of Geordie Barrett's hand yes. stopped that. So if Geordie Barrett doesn't get his hand there, the chances are Ireland win that game. And, and it has to be said, Johnny Sexton missed a penalty that he'd normally. Score. I, 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 nobody has made a very big deal of it and no one wants to make a big deal of it. But I say in Johnny's head, he's making a bit of a deal of it. Yeah. He, he definitely missed it, but that I mean, I thought um, he was very tired. I said to the person, Jane, who I was watching the match with that as he put the ball down, I mean, he, he, he lasted a whole 80 minutes, but at that stage, I thought he was actually tired. And when you're tired, your concentration is threatened and sometimes it's damaged. Uh, and, of course, uh, the key to his kicking, a big great kicker, is concentration, focus, focus. But he was he was knackered. Ireland just had to do that much tackling yes. in the beginning of that game. Um, Robbie Carney threw the stat out at me that they'd done, I want to say, 67 tackles in the first 12 minutes. And, of course, defence is absolutely energy sapping and the smart attackers run at Sexton. They run at the team, yes. make him tired to make them fatigue. Yeah. And Ireland, again, were the, the masters or the architects of their own demise. They lost their lineouts, were very bad again. I mean, they, they were disastrous. Yes. And, and three or four of the scrums, they gave away penalties. There were pretty questionable penalties, I must say. Um, and it's it again raises the subject that I've been raging against world rugby for for years, which is we should not um, have penalties at scrums because the referees are just guessing. Yes. When I played, they were not penalties. They're what we call free kicks. They're what we call a bent arm. Yes. So you can't kick for touch and you can't kick for goal. You can only tap the ball and yeah. go. There is there is no incentive to scrummage yes. till, till the scrum collapses. The incentive is to get the ball out of the scrum. And world rugby just has to go back to that. It, it's and even last night in the uh, I know we'll talk about it later in the South Africa yeah. France game. You know, giving really questionable penalties that cost teams games. Yes, that you can argue with. Why do it? Why are we doing this? Why, don't, why are we not go back to the system that yeah. worked perfectly? So all of those things, I mean, you, you, you get beaten at the ruck, you make unforced errors, you lose your line out, you miss kicks, you give away scrum penalties. You just can't keep doing all that and hope to beat New Zealand, yet Ireland almost did. 
Yeah, and New Zealand, Matt, were forced to make 229 tackles in what's described in the Irish Times, which I think you, well, you've been working for all during the World Cup and possibly will have a piece on on this uh, game on Saturday uh, later in the week. Uh, what the Irish Times were, a heroic performance against Ireland. And the New Zealanders were uh, heroic, and we must pay them their due. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And maybe this is the moment to move on to what we saw last night, which was even more thrilling. The host nation, France, beaten by a point by South Africa, who were immense, a team we beat, uh, and that's only rubbing more salt in our wounds. We had to play them. As you say, the draw was lopsided and really dumb. They they won by a point. It was a dramatic and thrilling match. Was I wrong to think, and please tell me if I was, because I don't know much about rugby, that they were a much stronger South African team that played France yesterday, or... Is that just an illusion because uh, France were less of a, a challenge than Ireland? And they had one player, Colby, South Africa in particular, the little number 11, who was absolutely stunning. He blocked a kick, a penalty kick. He got there and blocked it, which was amazing. I think that would have been going over. And then he scored a wonderful try himself. Were South Africa better last night than you'd seen them before? Oh, they, they were definitely far more intense 
than they were against Ireland, and yeah. they didn't play poorly against Ireland. But uh, both their little wingers, um, uh, Kurtley, Arondes, and, and uh, Chisling Colby, are electric, absolutely electric. And again, just as we said before, France conceded really soft, easy tries to South Africa, and yet they scored some magnificent ones themselves. Now, the South Africans, I, I do have to say this, and I, that was a magnificent game. I hate their tactics. Yeah. Because they, they just they, they, <laughs> kick, they take the ball to one side of the field and kick behind the opposition and hope that they make a mistake and pick up the scraps. And they just did it magnificently. And, but it's an awful way of playing. They defended superbly. Their, their, their breakdown work was just incredible. Their set play, all of this. I do have to say, and I, I, I don't like talking about referees, but they're, the referees in New Zealand called Ben O'Keefe, wow. He made some really, I thought so, really and I don't know enough about the, the There was one right towards the end of the the um, end of the game, and I think it cost it, it cost the game, and, and we really shouldn't hate talking about referees costing games in a World Cup, and it did. Um, Quagga Smith came in to get a ball, on the ground to steal the ball, and he yes. the referee penalised the French. Said Quagga Smith was legal doing what he was doing, and of course the replay showed he was totally illegal. And the penalty yes. should have gone the other way, and they didn't and call I, it I, back. The I, TMO I think was I there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think I could tell you maybe five or six other things. Where I'm watching, it going, "Wow, I don't agree with that. I don't agree right. with that. That should have gone to the French." I, the, and uh, Antoine Dupont has come out this morning which I've never heard him do it, you know, basically complaining about the refereeing. And and I, I'm afraid I have to agree with him. And that's that's really not what you want. And no. we have a litany, uh, rugby has a litany of major games in World Cups uh, where, where refereeing is a huge issue that we feel a lot of people in, in rugby circles feel swayed the game. Certainly the final um for France against New Zealand in 2011 was which New Zealand won the World Cup. France, I, I just, well, we all believe France were robbed in that game. There were five or six opportunities for penalties to France that were not given because it was in New Zealand. The pressure was on the referee. And I thought the, the referee last night really got a lot of things wrong, which is a shame because it was an absolutely riveting, pulsating game of rugby yes. that you just couldn't take your eyes off. It was dramatic. It was fast. It was furious. And unfortunately, justice wasn't done. Yeah, you could see the horror and surprise on Dupont's face at that moment, but not just at that moment. He was five minutes later, he was shaking his head. Uh, and I think he knew, as you've said, this was a match changing error by a referee. And even, you know, the, the, the slow motion, the TMO showed it. And there was some, Question was that that they should have called the referee's attention to it. Yes, they. they or did they see it too late? No. Well, it's a it's a great question because sometimes, and this is the confusing part in, during the World Cup. On occasions, the TMO in the World Cup has corrected a referee, and the referees had accepted that. I don't know if the TMO corrected him or it was too late. So we yeah. we have to leave that one as as part of our unknown. 
it was definitely a wrong call. And look, we need good referees, and referees are going to make wrong calls. But that was a really bad one, a really, really bad call. And there were a couple of others in the process there. It wasn't alone. And, you know, now we've got the the Northern Hemisphere teams are, are all gone except for England, who have been playing really poorly, and Argentina scraped in against Wales. So the semifinals look to be damp squibs, you know, they, they look yeah, to be one-sided one events. Although I have to tell you, Matt, I've been reading the English favourites this morning <laughs> and they're talking about winning. Uh, that's very good news because there are only a 10 points in the handicap. What do you think I should do? <laughs> the whole world should get on South Africa. I, I or think, is it the All Blacks they play? No, I, well, gee, Eamon, you know, you, 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 I'm, I'm caught between supporting the devil or Beelzebub there. I don't know which one <laughs> I prefer. But you, you, they, they, I just look for, for the good of, of the game. An Ireland or French winning World Cup, yes, would have been magnificent because it's new, it's it's uh, bringing the cup to an area that hasn't been. It's refreshing. All pluses in the game. New Zealand and South Africa have won it that much. That that's yeah. for me. That's not healthy for the the World Cup. We it's, it it needed to be. It needs other teams to win it. Now I know it's a competition, and you can't. Pre, uh, pre-judge, and I, I get that, and that's, of course, the case. But I, I can't see anyone but New Zealand and South Africa making the final, and in that, I think South Africa would win. It's not a guarantee because New Zealand are certainly playing much, much better than they had um, earlier in the tournament, yeah. and they have beaten South Africa in Christchurch earlier this year. So it's not an impossible ask, but I, I would suggest that the only thing – in, against what I've just said, is the semifinals of the World Cup have thrown up over history three of the greatest games I've ever seen or the three greatest games I've ever seen, and they have been um, turn-ups. They have been upsets. So Fr- France versus Australia in Sydney in 1987 remains the best game of rugby I've ever seen yes. where France won in the dying seconds and made the World Cup final. France again versus the All Blacks at Twickenham in 1999, where Jonah Lomu had wreaked havoc in the first half and the game was over half time. So we thought in New Zealand's favour and somehow the French came back and won yes. and made the final. And then I have to say New Zealand against uh, England at the last semi final where Eddie Jones coached England side was simply incredible in one of the most pulsating games of rugby I've ever seen. And I thought New Zealand were going to win that match. So, yeah. But the quality of the opposition that did win in those three games was much higher than the Argentinians or the English, the, the, what they produced. So it's it'll really have to be against the odds to be anything but a New Zealand. Yeah, I watched England uh, struggle to beat Fiji and uh, F- the Fijians felt they had been victims of it. A dodgy refereeing decision as well, but you know what the English are like. I don't, I don't want to, an outbreak of anglophobia or anything like that. And I know, as an Australian, you wouldn't want that, uh, Matt. <laughs> but they're talking themselves up. Uh, I mean, they just do it the whole time. They, they, do it, they do it on every sport, every time, and it's just so infuriating. Yes. Uh, I, I, as an Australian, I love the cricket. And uh, I was listening to the cricket 
Australia played them in the Ashes, and I can't yeah. get the Australian commentary. I can only get the BBC. <laughs> I, I literally turned it off. I literally <laughs> turned it off because they they, they were getting beaten, and somehow they were twisting it that they were winning. Yeah. <laughs> I had to keep looking at the scoreboard, seeing <laughs> what the real reality was. So look, that they, they um the British Empire is is full of fallacies and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the rewriting of history. Yeah. So we, I think they'll keep going. I, I Look, they'll have to change incredibly, absolutely incredibly to uh, yeah. to win, and I just I just can't see them doing no, that. No, so, uh, palms, they call them in Australia. You call yes. them and say, what's that short for? I, we, 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 that's a great question. <laughs> the, uh, the, the reason I got told is pomegranates. Because oh, yeah. uh, the pomegranates and they have rosy cheeks like pomegranates. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the theory, but it's not a derogatory term. And, and of course, yeah. all, all the the English in Australia call themselves palms. It's not a uh, yeah, like a gentle nickname. It's not uh, it's not yeah. something derogatory. Well, I'm afraid I can't say on there. In fact, I, I'm very pro British myself, and I spent 17 years there. Um, anyway, just to thank you very much for now, but we want you back of course, to preview the semifinals. They are on Friday and Saturday, uh, which only gives these, and this is a thought I thought I'd run past you, after those two bruising games, particularly uh, for South Africa last night, but also for New Zealand the night before, they haven't got long to recover. And that's an issue, isn't it? Or could be, but it looks like South Africa have an immense squad. It, it, it is an issue, Eamon. Uh, the, the rationale... Uh, obviously, that fits in with TV and so on. Is that both teams would get seven days before the final of recovery? Yes. So one team wouldn't get six, and the other team gets seven. They both have one team get eight, and the other team get seven. But seven days minimum recovery, which which is sort of the uh, years ago they agreed on this format, so it would always be the same. It wouldn't change from World Cup to World Cup. But it, it it's it's going to be a um, a week. Of ice baths and and recovery and stretching, there's not going to be a lot done be, to get their bodies back in order um, because it, it it will be a, a very tough game. And of course, England and Argentina are going to come at this with well, what have we got to lose? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I must say I was touched by the Argentine response, their players, the joy of their players, and indeed of their fans. Also moved uh, because rugby is such an integral part of Welsh life and their history is so wonderful in many ways, a small, small nation like ourselves. But uh, it should be a, a, another fascinating week. And of course, then we have one more week to go after that. So there's a lot of rugby to be played and we're very grateful to you, Matt, for the wisdom and pleasure that you shared with us and our listeners and you were right about the nature of our defeat and the failures around the rocks and loose play and thank you very much uh, for joining us i should also say of joe malloy who is the anchor in the virgin media uh, coverage of rugby he has been an absolute discovery uh, very articulate, understated, highly intelligent questions. So to Rob Carney, to yourself, and to Shane Hogan, great congratulations. And also, and it's something I care very much about, and I know many uh, listeners and viewers do, uh, to Don Lenehan and Hugh Cahill, the RTE commentary team. I mean, Don Lenehan is a legend and 
very articulate, very, very honest, and Hugh Cahill is a superb uh, commentator. So to all associated with those efforts that make have made this, I think I just run this by you before I let you go, Matt. This has been, for me, the most riveting and pleasurable few weeks I think that I've ever watched any sport, including my own. Because it's a long time since we had a great World Cup and it's a long time since I've enjoyed something as much as this. Thank it's you. Brilliant. It's a great tribute to the game of rugby, even yeah. though you've pointed to the refereeing failures and things. It, it, it's been um, it's been a privilege to take it to the Irish people, I mean, you know, it's a, I'm in a very, very, very privileged spot to to uh, talk to the nation about something I love and and to have a team that we can be, all be so proud of. They've been absolutely yes. outstanding. In and after the game, Eamon, you know, the, the, they were just so brilliant the way they conducted themselves in that adversity. I saw them clapping the other team off. Yes. Johnny was in tears. He spoke magnificently. Andy Farrell was was superb. They, they were a class act on and off the field in victory and defeat. They were a class act. Yeah, and Andy Farrell, just uh, as you mentioned him, I saw him rubbing Bundyaki's hair and patting him on the back, and I saw him say, you are great. And he had a genuine smile on his face, yeah. uh, Andy, which, you know, when you see in our sport, soccer, in my sport rather, the anger, the sort of histrionics, the viciousness of it all post-match, this, the, we used to be saying when I was growing up that uh, soccer was a gentleman's game played by hooligans and rugby was a hooligans play, game played by a gentleman, uh, which is some truth in all of those things. But uh, in the Irish, in the case of rugby and in the Irish uh, match against uh, New Zealand, it was a gentleman's game played by gentlemen. And uh, we played our part in it. As you say, we took our defeat in a way that takes some doing, doesn't it, when you're it, out there? When you're heartbroken, and they, you could see the heartbreak yeah. on them. And you, uh, Eamon, they devoted their lives to this goal. Yes. And, um, you know, sport sport's not a, um, a fairy tale. Johnny didn't go out with Leinster the way he wanted. He missed the final yes. of the Heineken Cup, and he didn't go out in a green jersey the way he wanted by lifting the William Webb Ellis Trophy. It's it's not a fairy tale. It's tough. It's It can be cruel, and uh, everyone that supported the green team felt that, that cutting edge of that yes. cruelty on Saturday night. Okay, Matt. We're very grateful to you for joining us, Matt Williams. Uh, we're grateful to Matt, as always, and we'll hear more from him before this wonderful competition is over. To all of you for listening, thank you. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.